not having a full understanding of the symptom profile of endometriosis, that it's not just a painful period, that there's other things that come along with it, like nausea and constipation and diarrhea and back pain and brain fog. And um, I think wow. that our doctors aren't putting the picture together mm -hmm. and that's keeping us from getting diagnosed. I was driving to work and just feel this excruciating pain in the right upper side of my stomach. I was like listening to music jamming one minute and then the next I can't breathe. It was about four months of that cyclical pain before I decided to go and see my gynecologist about it. She told me that based on where my pain was, it didn't make sense that it had anything to do with my period. Hi guys, welcome to another episode. We're back again for part two of Periodsis featuring Coco the Conversational Freak. Again, I know we've done a whole lot of conversations recently about relationships, and we just did get back to talking about the box with Coco in part one, but we're digging back into the tales of womanhood with the journeys of things that are completely out of con our control, but also things that involve the wellness of us. And so this episode, we are speaking to Coco's journey with endometriosis. And I'm super excited. Coco, I know you have a story as well to share with that. So welcome again, Coco, to period, sis. Where where do we start with this? Where, 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 where were you introduced? When were you diagnosed? When did you feel like, okay, I'm experiencing something that is not normal? What did that look like? So when I was 21, I'm 28 now for context, I was 21 and I would get like these sharp pains up my butt. Like it, it, it was literally, I would be at work and I would get so stiff trying not to like jump out of my seat. Where in your butt? Like not like a, like a sexual, Ooh, it's like a penis. This kind of feel okay. No, it hurt. Okay. really bad like a okay. stabbing pain and I would get like sharp pains on my ovaries which I do have PCOS as well but this was like a different it, it was just so different and my my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was about 23 I'm like oh damn I got butt cancer like I no. No. wait is that a thing I don't even know Oh, well, colon can wait, colon cancer is? I thought I had cancer, so I would go to the doc. I literally kept going to different doctors, and my primary at the time, I switched, told me to drink this mother. He told me to drink Metamucil because I needed more fiber. Oh, so he thought you, he thought you were constipated. Yeah. But this was just off of you? Did he run any tests? Did you just came in? Can, can, you, can you share exactly what you told what you told your primary care, like what did you tell him for him to assume it was constipation essentially? So I said to him, I keep getting these sharp pains shooting up my butt. And sometimes like I get a lot of pains like in my ovaries. So he thought, and he's like, well, how long would they last? They were so sporadic and all over the place. I really couldn't say, well, it happens only in the evenings. It happens only, it was all over the place. So he thought I had like a combination of gas and constipation. And I'm just like, okay. again, you have to know your body. 
I'm like, I know for sure this is not it. So I went to another doctor and this is something uh, women with endometriosis get misdiagnosed with is pelvic inflammatory disease. Which, so we've actually had someone on the pod to speak about that exactly. So, but, but explain that and why, why do you believe they get the misdiagnosis? What similarities do they have? So a lot of times when you have inflammation in your um, abdominal area, when it's closer like to the pelvis and it's like constant, like the symptoms are very similar. So because one mistake I was making was I was not tracking my periods in terms of I wasn't tracking the pain, like what times, how many days, like after each other, all of that. So I started doing that and I started noticing I would get those pains closer to when my period was. So that was kind of like the key where it's just like, huh? So this has probably has to do with your period and the fact that you're on birth control. Cause I love to have sex, but I ain't trying to have no baby. So it was kind of like, okay, let's see what's going on. I finally got a good doctor and she was like, okay. Um, basically from what you're telling us, they did ultrasound. They were like, you do have endometriosis, but we don't know what stage. And the only way they can determine what stage it is, is with a small um, surgical procedure. Do you know what those stages are? Or like if, like what's more severe than the other? Like, is there a calm, I guess a, a, I I don't know. What are the stages of endometriosis? So basically, let's just, let's start off with the base of like, what is endometriosis? So basically you have this tissue in your uterus called endometrium. Endometriosis is when that tissue is growing outside of your uterus. It can actually grow on your fallopian tubes, your ovaries. So the different stages are basically like the different severities of the scarring. Okay. 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 So the only okay. way that they could do it is with a procedure called, ooh, I'm about to butcher this, <laughs> lap, it's a laparoscopic something. They basically go in and they see like where the scarring is, how much of it there is and all of that. And they try to clean out as much scarring as possible. Okay. But the bad part about okay. that is they can't stop it from doing it again. Got you. Got you. And this does you mentioned the ovaries, the fallopian tubes. So endometriosis does have an effect on fertility, correct? Oh yes. A hundred percent. Like I had to talk to my doctor was like, you know, I know you're only 26, but you should start thinking about like what fertility will look like for you because I was kind of hesitant on the surgery. Cause I'm like, do I want to go under the knife with it? Possibly not even doing anything. Now I have these scars and I went through all of this. And they're like, well, do you want to freeze your eggs? And I'm like, wait, I'm 26. Why am I having this conversation? Like, this is crazy. So for a long time, I would just say, oh, no, I don't want kids because I didn't want anybody saying, well, oh, you have this. I didn't want to explain myself. Mm. And when you say that, are you talking about family members, friends, partners? Who constantly is asking you the questions regarding childbearing? I feel like whenever in your relationship, people are like, oh, when are you guys going to have kids? And you're 28 and blah, blah, blah. And they look at your age and where you are in life. And it's just like, well, why don't you have kids? My thing is, it was easier for me to say, I don't want to have kids 
than say there's a possibility that I can't have kids. Mm, is that something that you fear the conversation of? I know that maybe you just say you don't, but like, is that, a, is that a, it, it's crazy too, because like I, I, we always say, especially on this pod, like you never know what a woman's going through, but is that a conversation that you aren't fully comfortable having yet with a partner or with your family or the people that keep asking you when the fuck you going to give them some kids? <laughs> so I used to shy away from the conversation because like I, the previous conversation we had being in that gaslighting relationship, I brought up the concern a couple times and he just dismissed it. It was like, why think about that right now? And blah, blah, blah. And just like, I felt like, Oh, okay. So then I never wanted to talk about it. And because we were together for so long, people were like, Oh, when you guys having kids, you guys make such a great couple, not knowing that I can't even talk about having kids with this person and this current relationship we are very open. I've spoken about it. And he's just like, I got kids for the both of us. Like he's very open, which made me more comfortable Amazing. to have that conversation. So sometimes being uncomfortable is because of the environment. Mm. So having that conversation now, I'm like, you know what? There's a possibility that it will be tough for me to have kids, but I've accepted the reality of it. So then let's get into... If you're not having those conversations and you're not talking about, uh, you're not essentially worried about even the conversation, uh, you shared a story and I want to know, how does endometriosis affect your sex life? And what can you tell us about that? <laughs> Y'all, get your tea, get your waters, okay? Or, or your vodka. <laughs> your vodka, tequila, whatever you prefer, I don't judge. So... So we were about to have shower sex, popping. It was great. Who, who is we? Wait, set the scene. This is that. Wait, not not only set the scene, but this is uh, this is again. Um, you've already been diagnosed at this point, correct? So you're familiar at the changes or how it makes you feel, but you did also say it was sporadic. So talk to me about how it affects your sex life and again I know you have a story to go along with it see <laughs> to oh shit real quick and this is this was my mistake of not listening to my body because again being in tune my body will send me those signals of like bitch you trying it but okay go ahead if you want to so we were just home he was about to hop in the shot I'm just like oh why don't we just take a shower together so it was great hitting it from the back. You know, that scene where you could just see the handprint on the glass. And it was just, it was, I was just like, okay, 50 shades of black. So I was like, okay, cool. All of a sudden I started feeling like this cramping in my ovaries. And I'm just like, body, don't do this to me right now. Don't do this right now. And I was just like, okay, maybe it'll go away if I like kind of toot my butt up and just maybe if it hits a different angle, all of a sudden I get hot like passing out hot. And I was just like, you got to open the door. Like you need to open the door. And he opens the door and he's just like, what's going on? And it just, the sharp pain, like I literally flop on the bed, like wet dog style without the shaking, like in a ball. And he's just frozen. And he's like, do I call the ambulance? What? I was like, no, 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 it'll go away. And I'm crying naked on the bed. No. And he don't know whether to touch me, 
anything and that was his first time like ever seeing it happen and it just kind of just released and went away and endometrius cost me a good shower sex session but that was me not listening to my body but it happened in the middle and 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 real quick then then what was that conversation like i mean i don't even think men are still even familiar with a period he didn't know at the time what it was no did he think he hurt you no he was just kind of like i think everything just happened so quickly he just kind of looked at me like did you just come on your period like while we were doing that and i was like no oh wait he thought it was a pe- he thought it was a period cramp <laughs> wait <laughs> And, and, and not many men listen, but say say another woman is listening who also has endometriosis or PCOS. Can you can you explain how you explain that to your partner and what their reaction was and what it means in the relationship? Like, what were his questions and concerns when you shared that with him? So first, I get I I, I love. I, I love overloading questions, though. So let's start with how did you explain what you were going through and what endometriosis does to you as a woman? How did you explain that to your partner? But I had told him, I was just like, endometriosis is this. And he was just like, okay, I okay, that makes sense. And I was like, sometimes during sex, it just causes like severe pain, but it only happens once in a blue moon. And I explained like the only reason, the only reason, the only way that you can kind of stop it in a sense was through like that surgery. And he was so supportive, even like a few times after that during sex, he's just kind of like, you can set the pace because I ain't trying to, uh-uh, I ain't setting that off. You know what I mean? So he was very okay. like, all right, I'm going to just work with your body because what I just seen right now, uh, I'm not trying to see that again. And with right. the P- PCOS doesn't really affect me in terms of sex. It's just, I know I have it and sometimes I get cramping. So it's nothing that gets in between like our relationship or our sex life or anything. But I did disclose it just so he knows fully and is aware. Okay. But he was so, he was very, very receptive but with men, we really have to break it down in how it makes us feel, what our bodies go through. And I feel like what really just amplified it was because he saw it. I feel like right. men, you can explain right. it, but when they see it, they're like, oh shit, that really does look like it hurt. This is with your current partner that you had the conversation. And since then, is there is there any extra steps in care that he's taken outside of just letting you go with the pace? Is it also something that when you go to the doctor, you update him with any changes? How 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 open are you with just explaining your health to him? Again, I, I know like even when it comes to testing um, and, and, you know, a lot of things we keep to ourselves. So I just want to know how you've excelled in those conversations regarding endometriosis with your partner. Oh, I'm very open, like in ter- like with everything from start to finish, like what I'm going to the doctor for, my boobs hurt, I'm going to the doctor, my toe hurts a little bit, I'm going, I'm going to the doctor for everything. I got insurance, that's what I pay for it for. I know that's so right. with him, I tell him every single thing because when I need that support, I need you to be caught up. 
When I'm in need of that support in that moment, I don't have time to sit down and explain it to you. So I just make sure that that communication is just there at all times, even to the point where like, if I just come off my period or like, even if it's a couple days, I have a routine for that to make sure my pH is back in because having your period can throw it off. After your period, what do you do to get your, your pH back to where you're comfortable with him going down there? Okay, so with me, um, with the endometriosis, it does cause, and being on birth control, let me say that, that combination causes my periods to last longer than usual. So there will oh. be times where I'm on my period for three weeks straight. Wait, excuse me? Three weeks. Wait, so... Straight. So it, and is it is it just spotting? Is it is it a full... No, it's a full, like, like I need a pad. For three weeks straight? Holy shit. So that means you go without sex for three weeks? I didn't say that. Oh, oh, you're running red lights. Got it. Got it, sis. No problem. I mean, it, it, listen, if I bled for three weeks straight, I would just be like, fuck it at this point. Okay, so wait. So you, you bleed for this extensive amount of time. And of course, we all know too, like then you have the discharge following and again, an unbalanced pH. So then... What does your routine look like specifically as someone on birth control and with endometriosis? How do you get your pH back on track? So what I personally do is because I already like kind of have a routine, when my periods do last that long, what I'll do is I'll use more sensitive washes like honey pots. And because you're constantly wiping, I won't use like even during my period, I'm like, I changed my wash to more sensitive because now my vagina is more sensitive. Instead of using rough paper towel, I'll use like a honey pot sensitive wipe. And then once my period is gone, I do like a boric acid suppository to make sure yes. all that ish is out. And my, my vagina's like, thank you, sis. It's crazy. So we have the balance box. Uh, we, we, uh, for on official box owner, we now have Bork acid suppositories and it's something that has been a safe haven for specifically my co-founder, uh, Sydney, you guys have heard her on, a, on an episode. And while of course it's also an after sex thing that you could do, especially if a man ejaculates in you that can throw your pH off as well. It is for those of you questioning, well, what is Bork used for right after your period? They do say to use the the, the boric acid suppositories to get your pH balanced. Now, let me ask you, how many days does that normally take before you realize your pH is back on track? So sometimes they recommend seven days for me. I can, after three to four days, I don't need it anymore. I agree. Okay, so you do, you, you switch your washes to the sensitive wash. You use wipes instead of paper towels. And then also, I guess, Again, I know we talked about this in the last episode a little bit, but do you do an ex a, a bigger intake of water? What does your diet look like right after your period? Does that change as well? So what I won't do is even during my period, like I won't drink things that have caffeine in it. Caffeine makes your cramps um, worse. Like the caffeine and the sugar and all of that, like I try to stay away from it. Girl, I'm going to drink this coffee, okay? I am drinking this coffee. <laughs> what is a little pain? Nah, bro, what the fuck is a... No. When I... Decaffeinate, decaffeinated coffee is like sugar-free sugar. What are we doing here? <laughs> 
what are we doing here? <laughs> no. Okay. So you steer, you steer clear of caffeine for the cramps. You do a uh, more water intake. Okay. I guess then normally again, what we'd like to do before we get out of here too, I like to give our guests time to give advice to someone listening. Um, you said there were ass pains and other things, I guess, what it was there anything else and what would you recommend if someone feels as though something is happening that's not right but it's sporadic and blue moon like the same way you maybe thought mm, maybe I ate something that's why my ass hurt but clearly it ended up being something more so what advice would you give to someone who's maybe experiencing something that's not right but doesn't really know if they need to go to a doctor for it either what advice do you have what advice do you have I love, love, love that question. So my biggest thing is, which I wish I would have done early on, is mm. make sure you keep a list. You keep a list of, the, here are some things that you need to write down. When it happens, pay attention to the duration of how long that pain is. When it happened, like the specific date and the time. Because when you do finally go to a primary, these are the questions that they're going to ask you and they need to know. Well, how long are these pains lasting for? Um, how many days are they lasting for? And what times of the month? Because then what they're going to look at is, okay, are these happening days or weeks before a period or after? Uh-huh. How long these things are lasting for? And if there's a certain time of the day that it's happening, because then... You can yourself turn around and look at what routine you're doing during the day. If it's being triggered, if it's being triggered by something. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's a good tip. Please make sure that you keep track because when you get a diagnosis, again, black women, we're misdiagnosed all the time. So you really want to make sure that you have all your facts because a lot of these symptoms do mimic Mm. each other. So you want to make sure that you are very specific because it will eliminate a lot of different things. You came through with the come through with that one. You really did. And what's crazy too is, guys, y'all know here on period, sis, um, I, I I try to keep it a little bit more edutained. So this is edutainment. I, I want you to be educated while also being entertained. But Coco has a very, very, very edutained Instagram page. And there's so many things for you to learn from her. And I also love that you are normalizing, like myself, these type of conversations. So, Coco, can you let all of the listeners know where they can find you? Um, If you're on YouTube, if you have a website, share, of course, your Instagram because you have so much knowledge there. Where can everyone find you and hear more from you? So I do have a website. It's called theconversationalfreak.com. You could find me on Instagram at, at the conversational freak. I have a class called Oral Sex 2.0 that is happening June 13th at 8 p.m. If you really want to learn how to spend the night confidently, correctly, and snatch some souls, I will tell you stories about how I got food <laughs> out. But also, there is something that I am going to be doing, um, hopefully in July, called the WAP Challenge. Okay, can you can, can you share a little bit about that? So. It's actually women against painful periods. It's going to be a month of women um, coming into this challenge, really wanting to change their lifestyles to start becoming very familiar 
with their bodies to know, to start to see the changes happening so they can normalize. I know now where my vagina stands. So if anything down the line were to happen, I know, okay, this isn't normal because I know what normal looks like for me. So I'm going to be um, sending out like partnership stuff to other people who want to like be part of it. Mandy, I'm going to send you Say less. There's women that miss days of work. I remember so many of my friends missing days of school because of the painful period. So I'm definitely wanting to be a part of that somehow um, in July. Let's definitely let's definitely see how we can be on board. And I, I want to promote that and get women to really figure out what what a normal period is for them. One hundred percent because it shouldn't be painful to be very fair. It should not be painful. And if it is, that's where we do need to figure out what could be the underlying. Yes. I love that you're doing that Coco. Well, all of that information will be in the description of this episode. Of course, stay tuned for some stats and facts after regarding endometriosis. I'm definitely going to share what some other symptoms may be um, to where you, you could potentially see if those are what you're experiencing. So hopefully you can go and get the correct diagnosis. Coco, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it so much. And you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time with the rest of your weekend. And thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Period Sis. I'll see y'all with stats and facts in a little bit. It was interesting that you because I asked now that it seems we're talking about it more, are doctors becoming more aware or are female patients becoming smarter and, and being their own self-advocate? I think the patients are becoming smarter. We're realizing that it's not a disease that we are going to be able to just sh- show up to our doctor and say, help me, that mm-hmm. we now more, know more than a lot of our doctors do. A disease that affects one in 10 women, yet You say the word and most people don't even know what you're talking about. It's another tale of womanhood. Thank you guys for tuning in to a part two here of Period Sis. I love that I'm learning. I, I, I really am. I'm learning so much with every episode Um, and I'm so glad that the conversational freak wanted to join me in a part two and really walking us through her experience with her endometriosis Um, of course I always want to drop a little bit of stats and facts because again one of I think the underlying tone of a lot of the episodes that we've had here on period sis are that we are just supposed to believe pain is normal We're just supposed to believe that a heavy flow is normal. And there's so many things that could be going on with us that if we catch early, we can really, really, really make a difference in our lives. Um, I wanted to let you know the endometriosis can actually cause abdominal pain, infertility, and ovarian cysts. Um, Complications may require surgery. And I do also want to let you guys know that endometriosis is a common condition um, simply in which the tissue similar to the lining of the uterus, grows outside of the womb. Uh, This, again, can cause pelvic pain and difficulty getting pregnant. Um, It's crazy because I know we get period cramps. That's kind of just like a normal thing that 
or told like, oh, well, you're going to cramp a little bit. If it is extremely painful, if you really have that 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 woman intuition that something is not right, please, please, please go to a doctor. And if they try to push you away acting like it's normal, please make sure you get a second opinion. I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in to another episode here of Period Sis. We are probably going to be making some changes, um, maybe getting you guys to call in and share some more stories. I'm working with my producer to really get some tales of the first. Now, I don't know if that's what we're going to call it, but I'm super excited to really hear more tales of womanhood from more of you who listen um, and those of you who may be new and just listen for the very first time. I hope that you continue to tune in again every Monday, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and make sure you go on over to officialboxowner.com. Get your goodies now. We have official box owner products. We have our Boric Acid Suppositories. We have our Apple Cider Vinegar Gummies. We have our OBO Pouches. And we also have She Orgasms, baby. We are helping you be gushy and mushy, but all in the best way. Um, So make sure you go on over. Again, that's officialboxowner.com. Also, be ready. You guys will start to receive emails to make sure that those of you who subscribe to your box, everything is all in order for you guys to receive the July box drop. That's right. We are dropping our fourth box in July. If you have not yet, make sure you join our mailing list over at officialboxowner.com to be sure that you are able to get that as soon as it drops. Again, guys, I want to thank you all for tuning in to yet another episode of Period Sis. Until next time. Bye, guys.